Newsletter, June 2022. Chickens and Eggs. On June 1, 2021, at 9.21 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time in Santa Monica, California, my dear friends Linnea, Myron, and Ricky Williams had a little boy. They named him Soul Forest Myron, and I bet that middle name caught your eye almost as quickly as it caught mine. Actually, he's named after me only in the sense of synchronicity. Linnea's mom picked out the name from a list of possibilities over on the other side of the country. I've never met her, nor at any time did I slip her a $20 bill. But Saul and I do have a connection. I'm, I'm grandpa. Sometimes with babies, you just know there's karma there, just like with the adults you meet. While pregnant with Saul, Linnea asked me one of those simple-sounding questions that sends you spiraling into questioning your basic understanding of the universe. Little soul is a Gemini. Linnea wondered if he was a Gemini because he was born on June 1st or the other way around. Was he born on June 1st because he was already a Gemini in his soul, even though he hadn't gotten around to actually being born yet? I love questions like this one. They are so subversive, and what they subvert is my favorite target of them all, the dominant paradigm. Like it or not, we live in perhaps the most materialistic age humanity has ever experienced. That doesn't only mean that everybody is out looking for money. Avarice is definitely part of it, but materialism runs far deeper than that. Ultimately, it is the core belief that we are nothing more than these bodies of flesh and bone living in a push-and-shove, cause-and-effect universe awaiting our expiration dates. Delete magic, delete meaning, delete miracles. There's a rant in there, but I will spare you. I only preach this sermon for one reason. Everybody knows that it is obvious that Soul became a Gemini at the moment of his birth and not a minute before. I mean, how could he be a Gemini until he actually had a birth chart? And he didn't have one before June 1st, 2021 at 9.21 p.m. End of the story. Case closed. Everybody knows those may be the two most dangerous words in the English language. Lurking inside of them, like a dragon in a cave, is the voice of the dominant paradigm itself. As soon as everybody knows something, there is one point you can take to the bank. Nobody is thinking very deeply about it anymore. Now, there is another equally plausible way of thinking about soul's birth. Long before his first breath, his soul set an intention to be born with a certain chart. Nine months or so earlier, from his vantage point in the invisible realms, he, uh, shall we say, inspired Ricky and Linnea to get particularly graphic about their affection for each other. Then, as his appointed birthday approached, he waited in the womb for his moment to spring into physical existence. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, you get the picture. Saying his soul set the intention to be born then has the ring of Western mysticism 
to it. If your philosophical tastes run more to curry than to filet mignon, so to speak, we could make it sound more Eastern uh, by saying that the winds of karma blew him into birth at that moment. Yet another way to say the same thing is that the changing astrological weather clicked into sync with his karmic necessities, and boom, there was soul. He saw his opening, and he shot for the basket. Personally, I doubt I would enjoy having dinner with anyone who wanted to argue which wording was closer to the way the angels would say it. For one thing, I doubt angels speak much English. It's just too crude a medium. Now, Western or Eastern, these perspectives lean in one direction, and they offer a different answer to Linnea's question than the obvious, in quotes, materialistic one. They imply that in some lofty sense, Sol was a Gemini before he was born. Being born on June 1st just sort of dotted the I here on the material plane. But what about the first possibility, the materialistic one that makes common sense uh, according to the current cause and effect world mythology? That soul only became a Gemini at the moment he was actually born with that chart. Let's not fall into the trap of using essentially religious arguments against a legitimate rational possibility. That's the kind of thinking that brought us the Holy Inquisition. So let's take a moment to listen to logic and reason. Let's just not let ourselves be blinded by them. There are some interesting arguments for that more 20th century perspective. That soul only became a Gemini when he was born. I explored a few of these possibilities in my book, The Night Speaks, where I looked carefully at the work of Percy Seymour from over in the United Kingdom. He wrote a mind-boggling book called Astrology, the Evidence of Science. In it, he makes a compelling argument for a physical mechanism behind how astrology works. It's a bit too thick with theory for me to dive into it deeply in this uh, newsletter or podcast, but in a nutshell, Seymour envisions a triple-tiered system in which the ever-changing electromagnetic field of the solar system impacts the Earth's electromagnetic field. So far, so good. Put one magnet near another one, and their fields shift as they interact. Common sense. Then he imagines a baby being born and the mother's sack of amniotic fluid breaking when the child is in utero, that amniotic fluid had been conducting that electromagnetism to the embryo via the mother's own energy field. Suddenly the baby is exposed in a new and independent way directly to the Earth's electromagnetic field, which in turn reflects the current condition of the solar system rather than the mom's condition. The kid's brain is then imprinted somehow with that cosmic signature right there at that moment of birth. I was impressed with Percy Seymour's argument. I like the way it graphically reflects the old pagan notion of how the sky is our father and the earth is our mother. I love how elegantly it addresses the age-old question of why we use the moment of birth rather than the moment of conception for our charts. But is his theory far-fetched? I honestly don't have enough scientific education to say. To my layman's ears, 
Percy Seymour's work doesn't sound any more far-fetched than quantum mechanics or superstring theory. But here's an easier argument for a science-side connection between mind and sky. These words are taken straight from The Night Speaks. Like a great cathedral, the space between Earth's surface and the ionosphere echoes with vibrating energy. The dominant resonant frequency of that sky cavity happens to be about 10 cycles per second. Now, close your eyes, relax, be alert but unfocused, not thinking, simply being. In other words, put your brain in neutral. Some call this state meditation. Pulsing waves of energy are resonating in your brain. That's the famous alpha rhythm, known for its association with rejuvenation, relaxation, and creativity. Its frequency, about 10 cycles per second average, a familiar figure. The alpha rhythm of the brain and the resonant frequency of the earth ionosphere cavity are the same. They appear to be entrained to introduce the technical term, thus by the same logic that the opera singer shatters the wine glass, the sky constantly feeds energy into the brain. Why don't our brains shatter? Energy is bled out of the brain in the form of heat, metabolic processes, and thought. That's the end of the quote. There's a lot more ground covered in The Night Speaks about the possible science underlying the observed fact that astrology actually works. I've not kept up with the current research. Life is short, and I have a sense of urgency about other things that are closer to my heart. If you're interested, uh, there's a website you can link to in the text version of this article. That'll, that'll get you started on the science side of all of this. So back to the heart of the matter. Why does astrology work, and why was Sol born when he was born? That question is at the heart of this subject. Humans have been wondering about this for almost as long as we've been around. We still have no definitive answers. When in doubt, I personally lean toward the more metaphysical explanations. Really, the essence of the astrology that I teach and practice holds that you have the chart you have today for karmic reasons. That means that wheels turning in the pre-birth past led you to take birth as you did this time around. By that standard, soul was at least in some kind of proto-Gemini state before that fateful day one year ago this month when he was born. He was born then because the solar system best reflected the pre-existing needs of his soul in that exact moment of time and space. This view is in contrast to the more modern idea that he was born more or less randomly programmed with a personality and a set of issues because he happened to take his first breath on June 1st of 21. Still, I think of Percy Seymour's work or the Cathedral of Space locked in resonance with your alpha rhythms, and I, I wonder, might both perspectives hold some truth? They seem like opposites. But so are, are the ideas that light is a particle and light is a wave. And, and yet we are taught that they are both true as well. These kinds of paradoxes are woven into the fabric of the cosmos. Just in case my metaphysical arguments 
might not seem as strong as the more scientific sounding ones. Let me put one more idea on the table. I think this one is definitive as well as practical, provable, and not requiring a scrap of faith. Three points. Number one, charts can be set up for when a stock is first publicly traded. That is basically the birth moment of a corporation. In the USA, they are for the IPO, the initial public offering, which is always 9.30 a.m. New York City on a Monday. Those charts work like crazy. Astrological stock traders make a lot of money. Number two, Horary astrologers set up charts for questions. Where did I leave my car keys? Those charts help you find your keys. Number three, anything that happens has a chart. Set up a chart for your first meeting with someone or when you first discuss a business idea. Boom, there's a birth chart for that event and it responds to transits and progressions, aims you in good directions, warns you of stupid ones, these three examples all share one point of common ground. In all three cases, there is no physical body to receive any kind of electromagnetic vibrations. There's no physical receiving station for the astrological energies and thus all purely physical scientific explanations fizzle. We're left with synchronicity. Well, bottom line, Next time you see a baby, don't forget to marvel and don't forget to wonder. Thank you.